Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News presented by the Harrier. And I am very, very excited to finally be back. Uh, it's been a little while, so if you've been wondering where the episodes have been, took a little bit of a break. We posted a few things up on Instagram during this time. Uh, this past Saturday, we actually had a live interview with Noah Williams. So if you're wondering, hey, where was the Saturday's interview? Um, we did have one this week. Last week, uh, we did not have any episodes. We took a, a little bit of a break. But yesterday or this past Saturday, we did have a episode with Noah Williams, the NCAA indoor 400-meter champion. It was a great conversation, so go on Instagram at Track World News. Uh, so you can go and listen to that. It's about a 20, 25-minute interview. Very good. He talks about a lot of stuff that he's doing both on and off the track uh, with clothing brands that he's creating and things like that. So definitely want to check that out if you didn't. And so today we have three different topics that I want to speak about. So first is going to be a rule change that we've recently seen for world athletics. So this does not affect the college or high school uh, sanctioned meets, but only the meets sanctioned by world athletics. And then next we saw the world athletics again uh, posted out their 2021 rising star nominees. We're going to be going over the men nominees and who I think is going to win. Then we have the most, the must watch meet of the year. So other than any of the conference, this is for college. So other than the conference championships and NCAA championships, what is a must watch indoor meet this season? There's one. I don't really think it's even close. Okay. So number one, the uh, rule change that we just recently have gotten. So not too long ago, I believe it's about a week ago from today, we saw World Athletics coming out saying they're changing a rule when it comes to disqualifications on the track. So if you know in the track, especially on curved races, so anything 200 meters and above, if you especially, well, we'll start with the sprints and we'll talk about the distance one in a second. But if you even stepped on the line, you would be disqualified. One time, you're out. So you had to stay within your lines. Um, and if you were in a distance race, you're not allowed to do you know, the steps inside the track. If you did, you'd be disqualified. And so World Athletics just said they're changing that up. And so now, if you're an athlete and you're running and, you, and you're in the 200 or the 400, and you step on the line, you're okay for your first time. So first time you step on the line, completely fine. Uh, and this isn't just like a, a once per round thing. It is a once throughout the entire competition. So if there are, if this is a one heat final, or if this is a two heat final, or I mean a two heat race, or with a qualifying races, whatever it is, you get one opportunity. So in the Olympics, for example, if you're one of the racers that start, well, obviously you all start in the qualifying rounds. If you step on it in the first round, it's going to count all the way through the finals. So that's what three, four rounds. You're going to have to make sure that you're not stepping on 
any lines. Uh, same thing for distance race. So you're allowed to now step one time within the rail and then you have to come right back and you're not going to get disqualified. Um, but what if you step over the line uh, in, the, in the 400 or the 200? Still DQ'd. So if your, your foot goes over the white line when you're doing one of the sprinting events, you're going to be disqualified. So uh, this... I, it's a good it's a good uh, rule because I think we've seen a lot of great athletes be kind of robbed of not being able to compete in because of one little mistake that's really not going to give you any advantage because the 400 and the 200 meter distances and all of the distances you see in races they're not taken from the inside of or from the middle of the track it's not like you looking it's taken from the middle of the lane and it's okay if you run in right in the middle of the lane this is where it is no it's taken from the line so it's and no one's running directly on the line the entire time so really no one's actually running the distance that it says everyone's going to be running a you know a meter or two farther because you're running in the middle of the the lane or a little bit outside the lane or, or whatever it is and so having one step on the line is not going to kill you. Uh, I, I think it would have been nice if it was, you're allowed to have one step even inside of the lane. Uh, but really this isn't an, an issue that really affects too many athletes. Uh, I think the rule that affects more athletes more often is the false start rule. We see a lot more false starts than we see athletes in the 200 or 400 stepping on or inside the lane, mainly because when you're doing running that fast, you need to take a little bit of a wider turn so that you can make sure that you're you know, not going to fall over or anything. So this is a rule that I don't think changes a whole lot. We didn't see many disqualifications from stepping on lines in this past year. I think there was maybe two or three, uh, and none of them being really major uh, DQs that we saw, but we did see a lot with the uh, false start. And so, if you were to ask me what rule I think they should start to reconsider, I, I would say the the false start rule uh, I think would be good. Now, it's difficult though because you want to make sure that it's fair and people aren't really gaming the the DQ. Because if you say, "Oh yeah, every heat is allowed to you know false start once," well, then you're going to start having issues of you know having athletes false starting and uh, just to kind of game the system. Uh, in my mind, I think that the false start should not be considered until it's actually before the gun goes off. So I, I don't like the rule where it's like, hey, you can't be going faster than 0.1 or 0.2 seconds by, by the time the gun goes off because humans can't react that fast. I think if you can time your start so that you go exactly when the gun goes, that is a skill within itself. I think that you should be allowed to try to time the clock because it's a risk-reward factor. If you're thinking that you can time it so that you're going the second that the gun goes off, like all the kudos to you because that is not something easy to do. And if you're willing to risk a false start to, be, to get a faster start off, the blocks, I think you should be allowed to do that because it's a skill because every starter starter is not the same and every time that you're being held at the gun is not the same. So if you're able to sit there and then go just based off of intuition when you think he's going to be saying start, I think that is something that should be allowed. And so the pressure sensors 
I don't believe should ring off if you get under that 0.15 reaction split. I think it should only go off if you actually go before the gun. I think that would add a little bit more, um, you know, interesting stuff to these races because ra especially in the hundred, these races are, are decided by fractions and fractions of a second. And so to allow there to be a little bit more parity with, Hey, this person is really good at timing the start. I think that should only add to the event, but that's just my two cents. Uh, so really don't think it's going to change too much here. Uh, we'll be interesting to see if colleges or, or high schools end up adopting the rule. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. It's not really changing too much. Uh, they could possibly colleges, but um, I'm not sure. We'll see. Uh, next, we have the 2021 Rising Star nominees. So these are all athletes that I believe are U20, so 20 years of age or younger. And so we had, what was it? One, two, three, four, five nominees representing four different countries. So out of the U.S., we have Arian Knighton and Sean Burrell. Out of Ethiopia, we have Tadsay Worku. Sorry if I'm butchering the names. Uh, out of Kenya, we have Emmanuel Wanowi. Uh, Emmanuel Wanyani. Emmanuel Wanyani. And then out of France, we have Sasha Zoya. So, um, Let's go over a little bit of each of these athletes, some of the ac accolades that they have. Arian Knighton, fourth in the Olympics at the 200, U18 and U20 world record in the 200. He is the only one of these athletes to compete in the Olympics. Uh, Sean Burrell, U20 world record, NCAA champion in the 400-meter hurdles, and then sixth in the U for U20 indoor open 400. And then uh, Tadsay... Uh, U23K champion and 5K silver medalist. These are at the World Championships for U20. Uh, the, had, he had a U20 leading time in the 3K, 10K, and then 10 kilometers. And then in the 10 kilometers, he host he has the national record for Ethiopia. Um, this that's the senior record. And so one thing of note: the United States did not go to the U20 championships so that is why you don't see those names from Sean Burrell or Arian Knighton. Arian Knighton probably wouldn't have gone anyway because he did qualify for the Olympics but Sean Burrell probably would have gotten a U20 uh, a U20 national championship had they had we been allowed to go. Uh, Emmanuel Wanowi uh, Wanyani sorry uh, U20 800 meter champion and then U20 world best in the 800 and he also has the national record for the U18s in Canada for the 800 and then uh, Sasha Zahoya he is the U20 champion in the 110 meter hurdles uh, European U under 20 champion in the 110 meter hurdles and then the under 20 world record holder for the 110 meter hurdles. So uh, for me, uh, I think that there's one clear winner and then a few, then I think second and third is pretty close. So I'm going to go with Arian Knighton to, to win this. I mean, being the only guy to, to qualify for the Olympics, uh, he would have been a U20 uh, you know, champion, world champion had the U.S. competed and had he even wanted to go. Uh, and to be breaking all these times, and he's still under 18. I mean, he would be, what, a senior in high school now? I mean, he's 
He's go. He's one of the fastest people right now. He's broken Usain Bolt's record. Whenever you're breaking you anything from Usain Bolt at all, that's how you know you're really good. So Aaron Knighton has to be there for me. Uh, then I'm going to go with Sasha Zoya. Uh, his 110 meter hurdle time it was insane. Oh yeah, not to mention this guy was a decathlete this this year or last year. Like he wasn't even focused completely on the 110-meter hurdles. I think now he is, especially since he had such an amazing season. But uh, I'm thinking how great could the, this, this guy as an athlete, as starting off being a decathlete and then now focusing in on the 200s at 20 years old. So taking – not 200, sorry, at the 110-meter the hurdles at 20 years old. Uh, then I'm going to go with Tadse of Ethiopia. I mean, he has the most accolades with the most world leading times, only person with a senior record, uh, here and, um, yeah, winning multiple medals at the U 20 games. I mean, this, he really kind of dominated the distance events, uh, especially to have a national record in Ethiopia for distance. Not easy to do, and so I'm excited to see how he's going to do for the remainder of the the tw- or the beginning of the 2022 season. Uh, obviously, if see if he can qualify for his first senior team. Uh, then I would be going with Emmanuel Winoe, um, U20 800 meter champ. Actually, no, I'm going to go with Sean Burrell. Um, he does have a world. He has the U20 world record, which is very very impressive, and he would have a U20 world championship had the u.s gone so uh i think that he is definitely going to be my my next pick there and it really stinks that he fell on like the seventh hurdle during like the semifinals or maybe it was the finals of the 400 meter hurdles at the trials for the olympic trials because he would have been easily one of the people to make that team for the olympics uh just had a bad hurdle and you know that's the hurdle sometimes that happens to you uh and then we'd finish out with emmanuel uh, Winoe, uh, only guy here, is he the only, you know, only guy here that does not have a, either a senior record or a U20 world record, um, had an excellent, excellent season, but there's just some guys here that, that did some unreal stuff. And so, uh, that's what I got going on. I'm definitely going to be picking Arian Knighton to win the rising stars for the men. Okay. So, uh, now I'm, I took a look at the season. So many of the major programs just recently released their track and field schedules for indoors, not every single one, but most of them did. And when I looked at the schedules, there's one meet that sticks out in my mind as this is going to be the best competition we see before conferences and before the national championship and that's going to be the Razorback Invitational on January 28th and let me tell you why this competition is going to be insane so just a few of the schools that are going to be there will be Arkansas obviously uh, LSU USC and Georgia so this these competitions are going to be having the likes of uh, Matthew Bowling, Noah Williams, Sean Burrell, um, freshman, you're going to be seeing Gavin Schur, Connor Washington. I mean, we're going to be having a ton of unreal talent competing at this competition. Um, we're going to be seeing uh, Carol Smith-Gilbert, 
coaching against her former team of USC. So she was, you know, she obviously won the national championship for the women for USC. Uh, and then now she's coaching at Georgia. And so she's going to be coaching against her team for the first time. And so this is going to be some of the best competitions, especially in the sprint events. And I'm very, very excited to see what's going down. Uh, this will be the first competition for many of these athletes. A few of them will be taking a few extra, well, might have a, a meet or two beforehand. I know Arkansas has a, a competition in December, but uh, that's a, a smaller competition. The, this meet is going to be one that you do not want to miss. I am hoping, I am hoping that it is going to be broadcasted on TV for everyone to see because it's going to be something that you're not going to want to miss. I believe it's a two-day competition, so there should be a lot of action. But this meet better be on television because it is going to be the best competition for college track that we're going to see before the conference championships and, and national championships. I mean, we're seeing what two, two of these schools won uh, national championships. So we saw, we, we have the indoor and out, we have the outdoor men and women national champions at this meet. Uh, and then we have two other teams or really three other teams that could win. I mean, I believe that the national champions for the men and the women are going to be one of these four schools. It's going to be either Arkansas, LSU, USC, or Georgia. Only other teams that you could potentially put in there, uh, Texas A&M uh, might be able to win it. Oregon, potentially. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see, at least on the men's side. But yeah, it's gonna. these are four of the best teams in the entire country. And to finally see them going up uh, against each other in one of the earlier meets is going to be a really good way to see how the season is going to be going because they're all all these athletes are going to want to be on their a game they know how important this uh this is for a regular season meet i mean obviously you know regular season for track and field means pretty much nothing but uh, if there is any meet that means a whole lot it's going to be this one so i am definitely definitely excited for that but uh, yeah, that's going to be our episode for Track World News. Hope that you guys enjoyed it. Once again, thank you for being patient. I know that we have been away from the podcasting thing for a little while, but we're finally back. And then we have two future interviews that I am super stoked for you guys to listen to uh, both this Saturday and then next week. We have some very, very good guests. Um, a few of them might maybe we even mentioned recently. I don't know. Maybe we mentioned them today. Who knows? Uh, see if you can figure out who that's going to be. But uh, thank you, everyone. Um, super excited about the indoor season finally coming back. If you want more content, go and follow us on Track World News, track, at Track World News on Instagram. Post a whole bunch of content over there. Um, also, leave a like, subscribe, leave a review. It only takes you a few seconds, but it really does mean the world to me. Um, have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. I'm not going to be able to do that.